Now, this may be to my detriment, but I'm incredibly <laughs> confident I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've made I've wrapped my whole worldview around it. So if I don't I, if I, I found out I wasn't funny, maybe gravity's not but, real uh, either. Part, part of my defense of it comes from like how annoying non-funny people can be about it, where they're like like if you if somebody's ever like, you know, who made you the funny police? And I'm like, I don't come after the myriad things you're better than me at. Like, why can't <laughs> What makes you the what makes you the boss of my one fucking thing? Like <laughs> like you think you get to be everything you are and funnier than me? <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And hey, everybody, we're back for our final Batman Beyond episode. We extended it by a week because we were having so much dang fun. But you know what else was wild and fun that's happening to us right now? We all got sucked into a portal. And now we're in, in Super Mario World. Oh, and, brother. <laughs> yeah, it all happened, and we were having a great time. We were running along and jumping and having, like, one of those team parties. Uh, and then and then we jumped on a on a, on a Goomba because we thought that's what you're supposed to do, and, and he's dead, and we killed him. We've killed oh, him, no, man. No, we're in Super Mario, but with real-life logic? Yeah, with real murder. Real murder. Damn. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, I mean, we were again. We were having fun. Everybody has everything has a smiley face on it. We were just I just really thought I could shoot of, fireballs and stuff, and uh, I guess right I've created a lot of a lot of uh, unsustainable. Um, well, I, I'm Rory. I'm glad you're taking. Damage. I'm glad you're taking credit because I'm. I'm pretty sure I saw you jump on the Goomba and snap his neck. And look, I I did do that, but you guys were egging me on, and we all thought it was a fun Mario time, and <laughs> yeah. not, a hor- not a horrific nightmare escape that we we found did. The music in. was so catchy, and and you know we were trying to make hay by being portaled into this world, and but you know you did do it, and I yeah, I know that that holds I, up in court, right? It's it's well, I don't know that there are any lawyers or judges in here, but. Of course, it's a lot more realistic than I had uh, anticipated. So the perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps the Mushroom Kingdom has a well-governed legislative arm, <laughs> or it I'm has a mushroom of. dungeon. I guess a mushroom right? dungeon. It could. <laughs> they seem the to toad, make do the toad with, with princesses. <laughs> they seem to make do with princesses and plumbers, and and then just sort well, of. That a, was certainly my impression, but like I said, I'm finding this place to be a lot more grounded than my first impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like the adaptations. <laughs> do you guys think that this is gonna fuck up my relationship, my new budding relationship with Wendy Koopa? Do you think? Do you think she'll no, be? No, a- I don't think that. I do think you're gonna have sex with a turtle vagina. <laughs> But she seems lovely. <laughs> we could we could just end the podcast right here if we want. We could just pull the plug. We've Look, only, we're only saying, a few minutes this in. This isn't fun. This isn't fun. Star Wars rules where everybody's got the right bits in the right place. 
This is that's a oh. turtle. That woman is I a know. turtle. <laughs> You're gonna have to and get cool with that. That woman is a turtle, and we've killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, maybe we can maybe we can hide in a ghost house or something while we talk about cartoons. Is that gonna work out? Um, Boy, if those ghosts are real too, I don't want to go there. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Oh, but what's this? We're being approached by uh, a little to- a little toad man with a sign, and it says, "What's the sorbo of the week?" The sorbo of the week, everybody. We're here. The little toad wants to know. The little toad you, wants to know. Do you have a nominee? I have a nominee. I'll, I, I'm owning my bit. <laughs> Before we go, just again because it is a new segment, I just want to uh, again right. introduce the reintroduce right. the, sor- the concept. The sorbo of the week, everybody, is where we ban some celebrity or public figure from our podcast. They're not allowed to listen, and, and it's predicated on their uh, recent contraction of moon madness. <laughs> just like Kevin Sorbo has sort of had, I like, probably since birth, or at least yeah. since recording Hercules. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I was reluctant. I was reluctant this week because uh, the Sorbo of this week uh, has had a long-standing public battle with both mental illness and a recent uh, public divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I am not one to dogpile a man having a you know an incredibly public meltdown, but a protracted public breakdown. Uh, yeah, protracted public <laughs> breakdown. But Kanye West, everybody, uh, is the Sorbo of the week. He has not okay. been behaving himself, and uh, yeah, and he has, as he do- as he's wont to do from time to time, dominated celebrity gossip rags for the last week, <laughs> and, and left me with few other choices. Uh, and and my turning point for me personally was when he came after, uh, well, not came after, sort of invoked uh, Mac Miller uh, into his. Into mm-hmm. his uh, bologna, bologna sandwich, and that was a bridge too far for me. Beloved, uh, deceased uh, Pittsburgh rapper Mac Miller did not did not deserve Kanye's um, uh, attention in this moment, and for that yeah. he is our Sorbo of the week. Okay, and for Matt, for much else, but sure, for many, me that many was the things. straw sure. on the camel. It's funny because I feel like he's been he's been everyone's possible Sorbo for years now, but he's he's, he's a, done he's, a, a, he's, he's he's the quantum Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we see him now and we know how fast he's going and 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 it's not it's not good. Not great. Hey, Kanye may not be able to listen to our podcast, but you certainly can because you're awesome and I know that you're excited to listen to us talk about Batman or maybe a younger Batman, like a really much, like a lot much younger, shittier teen Batman. And we got two more of those for you today. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's, Let's dive, dive right in. in. Y'all, here we are. Uh, it has been a uh, eventful few minutes here in the 
Mushroom Kingdom, Andy is <laughs> consistently eating sunflowers and promising it's going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a power up, you guys. <laughs> I think, you, I think what you're getting is diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, but does it happen the same here? Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe not. That's true. <laughs> Marioria. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this week, we watched uh, two episodes of season three. Oh, of sorry to interrupt. Beyond. Sorry. I'm just, I'm getting a call on my phone from Wendy Koopa. Uh, <laughs> hey, girl. What? What's up? Oh, nothing. Sorry. That was a wrong number. I never mind. You fucker. You know you know what she's got down there, right? It's all gold, bro. <laughs> Bars of steel. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a really nice heart, so I don't want you to break it. Okay? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I respect you. <laughs> I respect you so much. <laughs> all right. Rory, tell us the synopsis. Guys, we so we watched two episodes of season three of Batman Beyond. Uh, they're called The Call Part One and uh, spoiler alert, the second one is The Call Part Two, but more on that later. Uh, right now, we're, we're going to focus on The Call Part One and uh, the Nops goes a little bit like this. Superman comes for a visit to offer Terry membership in the Justice League. Superman needs Batman's help to find a traitor in the league. The end. The end. Now, the way the synopsis is written, I do like to imagine he's offering something called Terry membership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a significant lack of punctuation here, uh, which which will would uh, account for my somewhat uh, Shatnerian reading of the synopsis. <laughs> um, I I I so I guess I I suggested this one. I remembered watching this. Um. We I remember had... now too. I hadn't recalled it at the time. I thought this was. I thought when you had recommended it, that this was. I think the last two, the one that Dom had been talking about with a lot of, a uh, lot of world building stuff. But I remember oh. this episode now, having now rewatched it. Yeah, we we realized uh, that we had watched some season one and then watched some season two with Dom last week. So it and seemed... more to say, and we're having fun. Yeah, and so we extended, the, we, we extended the uh, extended the series. And this is probably my favorite part of season three. Uh, I don't think season three is as good as one and two personally, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. I, I remember liking these episodes a lot, not only because we get to see a future version of the Justice League, but also because I think, you know, done sparingly the but Batman don't you don't you want to join the Justice League? Like, are you sure you don't want to join the mm, Justice League? Yeah. I, I, I kind of enjoy those stories as long as they don't happen all the time, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you learn a lot about somebody when the way they interact with other people, mm -hmm. you know? And so sometimes you put different people around Batman and you learn more about him. It's it's nice. It's yeah. fun. Sometimes those people are Aquaman's hot daughter. <laughs> <laughs> And I now ship him and her and Terry. But he named her Marina, which <laughs> I, I think is funny for a couple of reasons. Obviously, just the uh, just this kind of uh, on the noseness of it. Uh, mm -hmm. But he is Aquaman. 
And mm-hmm. he named her after like people building on top of the ocean, which I feel like. Well, he named her after his favorite place to hang out, I assume. (laughs) Yes, perhaps. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we've got got Aqua Girl, a.k.a. Marina. Uh, Who else we got? We got Superman looking a little gray, but still basically the same because he's Kryptonian. Although it's Uh, a different voice actor from the usual Tim Daly uh from yeah. the other from the superman I, adventures i like the changes they made here yeah so superman is he's he's in an all black he's in a sort of batman-y sort of suit um we have uh a little monk boy as as uh green lantern who's fine yeah i liked him a lot i also liked warhawk some kind warhawk of is cool. uh, warhawk is is john stewart green lantern and uh hot girl's teacher son okay nice nice and then we also had Big Barda. Big Barda. Yeah, some kind of some kind of Wonder Woman proxy who I didn't really understand. Well, yeah, Big Barda is a an, a an existing character who's been around for oh. quite a while. Well, then my bad. Uh, she she no, but she very has Wonder very Woman-y. similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, she does. And I'm not a big DC reader. I read Batman, or I, I have in the past read a lot of Batman, but uh, Justice League has always bored me uh, to tears. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've never been that interested in the DC universe at large. Uh, I've, you know, I, I've way more. I've, I mean, clearly we're influenced by the types of stuff that we consumed when we were young, right? I mean, like we watched a lot of Batman the Animated Series and stuff. So Gotham City is always interesting. But I just, I don't find the likes of Big Barda and and Miracle Man and... No, I did like Micron. I liked this yeah, guy Micron... a lot. Is he a new character or no? I don't know that answer. I don't know. I don't know that I can find an article about him outside of the DCAU, so I think he might be uh, uh, an original hero for the cartoon. Uh, but apparently, voiced by Wayne Brady. Oh, did he What's have that, any lines? I didn't. I didn't clock. He had lines, but <laughs> I didn't clock it while we were watching. Uh, yeah, he's cool. He's uh, sort of growing and shrinking, man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe he can like, yeah, like harden himself and make his make a shit. He's got kind of flash energy where. His ability to like yeah. alter himself at the at, at the atomic level allows for some wonky shit. But, but man, he's mostly the way growing he, and shrinking. The way he makes up a song on the spot though is just like <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, isn't there isn't the uh isn't the Atom the sort of uh yeah, Ant-Man Adam equivalent in like DC? That. Yeah. So maybe he's just like a futuristic version of the Atom, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the uh the sequel to Add the Atom. <laughs> the Atom too. We we catch the beginning of this with uh, we're we're following Micron uh, seemingly solo keeping track of the Justice League Watchtower, and he goes to. They've like, added a danger room. <laughs> they have <laughs> added a danger room. <laughs> danger rooms are so hot right now, uh, <laughs> and he gets an alert about a monorail that's like out of control and. When he goes to save it after doing some really pretty cool heroics, uh, he ends up getting trapped in what seems like a pretty intense uh, sabotage and like a force field activates and he's stuck inside this derailing train and gets like grievously wounded. Yeah. Uh, And that's sort of our inciting incident. Right. And this is happening in Metropolis. So if you're ever wondering where the sun's always shining. Right. Yes. As opposed to Gotham, where it's always night. Yeah, it sucks there. (laughs) All subways, no monorails. (laughs) (laughs) the people of gotham fear the sun (laughs) yeah and we get uh 
scene transition over to Batman, who is fighting one of his usual usual rogues, Ink, and interrupting it is Superman, just sort of proving again that Superman is OP by just finishing the fight almost incidentally he because he's there a to. Lot of, he does a lot of like Silver Age goofballery. So in uh, to help Terry out with uh, Ink, he spins around real fast and makes a tornado. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later he like claps his hands to make a big gust of wind. It's goofy. Yeah, he splatters <laughs> Ink across the walls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's funny that he's like, he's actually like, he's there to talk to Terry, but there just happened to be a villain there that he's struggling with. And he's like, oh, let me get that for you. And just kind of like, does it because he's Superman. <sighs> I know it's, yeah. it's like the most common complaint anyone leverages against Superman. But sometimes when he's around, nobody else matters and it sucks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, this is a cool story. Um, yeah. These episodes are pretty cool. And uh, the main plot that is set up is, one, we we then get to see Bruce, old Bruce and old Clark together, like talking to each other in the Batcave, uh, which is a cool moment. It's just, you know, they're just, yeah, they're just kicking it. They're chatting and they are talking about what happened with Micron. And it's actually it's kind of a nice writing moment where they're talking about like sabotages and they don't set up he doesn't tell bruce the micron problem he just volunteers bruce is like i can't help but consider the timing is he supposed to be a replacement for micron so yeah that implies that he's like you got know tabs he's got tabs on everything you know it's just a nice little moment of well of i mean nothing surprises bruce you know like right he's always learning he always knows it makes total sense though right because like yeah younger Bruce probably spent more time in front of his computer than I do, just sort of brooding and watching <laughs> news feeds and shit. Like, old Bruce without crime fighting to do and alone in a mansion, you know he's just like, he's 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 probably looking at all the he's tapes. A, he's a terror on Facebook. Yeah, and in our world, he'd be incredibly susceptible to Fox News, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, I, he's in a fictional world that uh, doesn't have such, hey. such horrific... Hey, Terry, I uh, put out a post and I saw that you didn't like it. You didn't click like on my post and I just wanted to make sure that you saw it. Uh, yeah, Bruce, I, uh, I'll i have to check it yeah, out. I'm I really agree, on... Bruce. The truckers in Canada are a sympathetic group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the the offer is there. It's like, hey, I want you to come join the Justice League because I've been keeping an eye on you and you seem you seem pretty cool. And Bruce is suspicious and Terry's starstruck and Terry goes with him to the watchtower. And it's and... He, he's forthcoming and his motivations make sense when he uh, tells Terry that, like, it seems like we've had somebody from inside <laughs> messing up our messing up our chain. Yes. And the only possible person it couldn't be is somebody who's not right now in the Justice League. So, ergo, I'm recruiting you. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of cool because it's almost set up like a parlor mystery or something, you know? Now, <laughs> I think I kind of want to blow the mystery here because, uh, and so if you want to watch these episodes, which I recommend, yeah, uh, uh, do so. Pause that. On episode. HBO, HBO Max. I, on HBO Max. Um. I would have liked to find out that the Starmie monsters like don't have total control right now. Uh, so 
So, uh, spoiler alert, and it'll become pretty obvious uh, pretty early in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Superman is the one who is doing all the bad shit. And he's doing so because he's got he's he's got a symbiote, uh, some sort of symbiote on him. It looks like a Snarmy. Yeah, Starro. Starro the Conqueror. Yeah. And I would have liked to know that he had some sort of te- like, you know, the, that this thing went dormant from time to time and that and that Superman came out of goodwill only because he didn't recruit Terry out of some sort of machination to get Batman to be a, you know, to be a, to get it. It's be the a main host. plot hole, right? Is it's that the like main, main plot hole is it doesn't make sense if he's constantly uh, having his mind controlled, why he would recruit somebody to investigate his own to crimes. weed out the. Yeah. And I, I think the, the only assumption that we're left as viewers to make is that maybe he brought Terry in thinking he's just, you know, Teen Batman, and he's not really going to solve the problem, and it'll it's possible. You know, it'll but it'll it's, look that's good. Still kind of three D chess because nobody else suspected uh, exactly. Internal, no one any, else any is ca- suspecting yeah. anything. I know it, that's what's yeah. that's what's weird. But I guess I guess we do see uh, Warhawk say later on that, like you know, with everything that's been going on, I was suspicious. But like, no one's outwardly making it obvious that they think something weird is happening. So he has no reason to recruit Terry because he's a spooky starfish monster, and yeah. That's the part that we kind of have to swallow, but uh, but that is happening. It is it is Superman. But in the meantime, we're 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 given, I think, some pretty effective red herrings. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I was I was alerted as an adult viewer very early when he holds up the only evidence they've got right in Terry's face and crushes it. I was like, okay, this guy's definitely this yeah. guy's definitely the, the guy. I mean, I, like you were saying, as an adult viewer, I think, you know, there is there is a, you think for a moment, and really it's just the answer is which which person doing it would be the most narratively interesting. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there's that, uh, uh, yes. Uh, I think there's there was potential room for it to be aqua girl who sort of like yes could have could have done a sort of mock drowning to get yeah i was thinking that too and that's that's the main other one all of those yeah all of those kind of red herrings you have you know everybody's got you know a reason to be suspicious and i do appreciate that i appreciate that it wasn't completely cut and dry i liked in this in this episode how much of bruce has rubbed off on terry that's I think more obvious when there's a contrast uh, yeah. to people to people who are not Batman hanging out with the new Batman. So, like the first thing Terry does is sit down on the re- sit down at the computer and just research everybody for hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that we've seen him do that because usually Bruce is kind of fulfilling that mm-hmm. that role for him in uh, in his own in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see Terry just really take after Batman in that moment. Well, you yeah, know, it, it does kind of feel like that parental relationship, right? Where you, you're with a parent and then you clash with them all the time and then you're not with them and you find yourself you just like, do your do, doing all the stuff they do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. It's, it's hardcore. I feel like that is happening with, with Batman and Terry. Yeah. I, um, I guess what what I thought was funny, I we know that Terry is in a committed relationship with Dana. Like we're not expecting him to cheat, but like it was kind of like it brought a smile to my face that he's like buried in his research. Well, Aqua Girl's a bit of a flirt too. She throws herself at Warhawk too, although they've got yeah. you know they've got a long-standing relationship. But she sort of flings herself into his arms when she finds out he's not dead. But like yeah. 
what I like, I, I was, I liked this moment where he's like watching a, a, all the TVs and, <laughs> and Aqua, like he's looking at Aqua Girl's footage. Like, and she walks in on him looking at her footage and it could have easily been this moment where she's like, oh, you're looking at my stuff. And he's like, oh, uh, uh. but he's just like, no, yeah, I'm doing research. I'm like, yeah. like, like immediately, yeah. like, oh, I have, I have a girlfriend. This is not even a thing energy. Want to join me for a swim? Thanks, but I've got a cram. <laughs> and then it is kind of a thing, though. Like, then he continues to lech while she swims around in her, t- in her, he does. In her tank. <laughs> And, but then he's like, he literally has a line where he's like, this feels super weird for me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate that I'm doing this. I'm I'm leaving. I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm glad that he, at least some Batman can call out the fact that surveillance is weird. <laughs> yeah. And at least maybe it's Terry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, like, the weird part here. I, I guess you can you can justify it however you want, but when she does, like she, you know, she's got like this thing. Was it clear to you what was happening with her tank? Was it heating up? Uh, what, what was it? it wasn't no. clear to me, and I was like, she can breathe underwater, so why is this a danger of some kind? So at first, uh, her feed cuts out uh, very very uh, suspiciously. So that's what that's what triggers Terry to go look. He touches the tank, and some sort of like steam stuff comes off his fingers. Um, but no, the exact thing that's happened, cause like, she, as far as we know, she could just get out at the, at that moment, whether it's cooking her or not, she doesn't yeah. seem to be feeling like she's being cooked. Maybe it's a frog in the boiling pot scenario. <laughs> she might be a, we, I don't, maybe the aqua people, are, maybe aqua people are cold blooded. I don't know. Yeah. You don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, maybe she's a turtle, <laughs> but there is a fun, there is a, like a really sexy turtle. Moment. That's not weird. Uh, where he tries to blast open the door to get her out of the tank and uh, realizes that uh, in the Justice League headquarters, the doors are a formidable force that are going to yeah. require something better than some little bat bombs. Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. And then he's like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> the, his solution is to go into the middle of their training danger room, steal uh Barda's mega rod and then use that to blast open the tank and this this moment kind of pissed me off a little bit because this is their interchange why didn't you call us on the intercom i didn't think that's right you didn't think and it almost cost her her life like you didn't know she was dying i liked it because we know something that they don't know and that that's and that's that they're not to be trusted at this moment mhm Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. But it's also like, and if, so I like <laughs> if he hadn't I, saved her, she would have died. Like they weren't going to know. <laughs> it's true. But but my thing is like, he doesn't know who the traitor is. And if they would come, if he called for them, yeah. and he knows what he needs. And he did the right thing with the information he has. And yep. they were right to be pissed with the information they have. And it, I just I found it a very believable conflict in a very interesting moment. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that. Um, so the, I guess the rest of the episode just is kind of action nonsense. Oh, it's with so a, many with explosions. A, with a point. I mean, it's essentially like bombs are happening all over the city and things are bad. And the Justice League is like stretched pretty thin. I mean, they're all in high gear, like saving people using all of their abilities to save like a tanker ship and a bunch of buildings and falling people. And Terry mm-hmm. comes in to sort of help save people who are like shattering through glass and falling to their death. And like, it's like, it's carnage. Um, and in a pretty like 
over the top way. At some point, a skyscraper breaks in half like a Kit Kat. Yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> there, ridiculous. <laughs> there, there are some small moments I liked here that that sort of highlight a weakness of a Justice League type um, law enforcement structure. Um, oh, not law enforcement, but the, there there was some lip service to like what they can't do, and I found it cool. Like for one, when Superman's saving that tanker, and there's a bunch of people sort of drowning in the water. Uh, it takes Aqua Girl and a shitload of dolphins to save them all, right? Like, right. He's he's Superman, but Superman can't carry two. You know, he can't carry everybody in the ocean to safety at once. Totally. Uh, so I, I like that, and and that's sort of repeated where they get these sort of you know rebel dropships to to uh, evacuate <laughs> people off the top of this skyscraper. Um, just because again, like this is only five people. Like they can do a lot of fighting but they mm-hmm. cannot evacuate a city. And I just like seeing that. I like seeing that on the screen. Yeah. And there's a definite argument to be made that Superman, with his strength, should be prioritizing the Kit Kat like, skyscraper rather than the individual person falling well, out of was. the skyscraper. Barta, Barta got, took it from him. She, she spends the rest no. of the episode holding up a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's what I mean, right? Like totally the division sure of labor... Yeah, the division of labor makes sense. Like Superman should be focusing on those things while Aqua Girl saves the people in the water, and while everyone else, saves, you know what I mean? Like, sure, you know, it's it's smart, but it's also yeah, like there's limits, and there are only five of them. Right. So it's so, tough. It's tough. So the the like climax of this sequence is where there is a call that comes in, a suspicious call that Terry does not get on his comms, but uh, Warhawk does, and he's like. Hey, I'm getting a weird call. Don't come with me because uh, I don't like you. And because <laughs> they have an antagonistic relationship. And so he goes after this this signal and Terry still decides to follow him because like, well, fuck you. That's why. And, well, well, Superman told him to stay on Warhawk. Yeah. Yes. Uh, potentially to get potentially to get rid of them both at once, which I mm-hmm. think would have made a lot more sense if, again, we had seen that he had some sort of limited control over himself, at, at least at, at times. Totally, the star monster was resting or something. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, it's this weird. I don't know. It's a giant missile. It's kind of it's kind of MacGuffin-y, but it's like it's a giant missile that Warhawk ends up redirecting. And right as they're they're celebrating, he's redirected it. He's still way too close to the missile and it just spontaneously detonates. And Warhawk's fucking helmet crashes into Batman's windshield and we think he's just exploded into bits. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool moment. It's, it's a it's cool a moment. Great the, way to uh, communicate death. The reveal <laughs> yeah. that he's alive later comes not much not much later, but in the second right. episode. Um, yeah. I liked his, his transformation. I was surprised when he could kind of like fully armor himself. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he can kind of... He looks very Goliath-y from Gargoyles in the full <laughs> armor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. You can put that sound sting in. (laughs) (laughs) So they they go back to Bruce's Batcave. Terry and Bruce are analyzing, trying to figure out like how this explosion happened. And, and they do using, some NCIS. In, yeah, they do NCIS some, some spectrum shit. analysis and realize that it was some kind of laser beam. And then they're able to pan over and zoom and enhance. Yeah. And, and find out that 
from a completely other angle. Look, this is future technology, so I I can give it a pass because a it's, little bit because it's the future. And but I it is a little really bit. Care. Like... I'm so yeah. I'm so I'm so desensitized to to the enhance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Nonsense of all TV shows that it's hard to call this one out as the most egregious, especially since it's from the future. Totally, totally. Yeah. So they they zoom in and enhance and wiggle the camera and find out that it was very clearly Clark. It was Superman who was doing the laser blasts, and that's the sort of bump, bump, bump. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, act break into episode two. Yeah, and. uh Oh, we didn't see it coming. I mean, we definitely did, but it is. There I was can, a moment I thought I was wrong about Superman in this, in this, mm. in this analyzing. Actually, uh, the way that they paused the, they're doing these sort of like frame by frame analysis at one point, and there's a spot where it's very green, right? And I, mm. and I did think maybe it was Green Lantern for a it minute. It was this weird time baby who we haven't seen much about. <laughs> and, well, that's yeah. the thing is that like there are. There's a couple different types of of red herrings, right? Because there's the the two friendly Aqua Girl. There's the well, two they give it are... away right after after yeah. I thought it was the green the green explosion. They're like, oh no, it's definitely Superman. But I like the you know we've got two of the characters who are openly hostile hostile. So it's like that's probably it's probably not them, but you never know. And we got Superman here, like oh, it couldn't be Superman. But then like. I also definitely could have suspected Green Lantern because precisely for the fact that we spend the least amount of time with him, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I don't actually want it to have been the time, baby, but I do I, I do think that it could have been interesting. Well, he was so much fun in the second episode that uh, that yeah. in, in the full <laughs> in the full space of this thing, he was great as an ally. Totally. Um, but yes, it, 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 I, I, I think that... Superman was too obvious and their explanation too thin. And it would have been kind of more fun if it was somebody else, either Aqua Girl or Green Lantern. Yeah. Well, let's cover what happens next after we go to a break. Let's do it. Well, it's that time, listeners. Uh, We have to keep the lights running in the SMT studios. And that means... That means telling you about one of our one of our fabulous sponsors. And this week, Austin is here, uh, I think, live in studio. Yeah, live enough. I'm actually in, in like a, a, I'm in like a humor sensory deprivation tank. Sure. Right? <laughs> like I've been able to shut out <laughs> right. all distractions. Like the cerebro of comedy. It makes you <laughs> right. <funnier. laughs> Let's hope. Uh, uh, could you tell everybody about Hose Tuna? Yeah, I can tell you about. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh the. In, outside signals are getting into my tank. Um, <laughs> no, this is our sponsor, Hose Tuna, which is a very exciting new way to not only eat food, but to sort of deliver food. Yeah. And and this is this is like the bleeding edge because uh, there is some blood in it, but the <laughs> bleeding edge of food delivery and ingestion. That is honestly, you know what. You're probably tired of hearing about DoorDash and and about Uber Eats and all these big companies that are swindling and that are cutting off mom and pop shops and the middleman and, you know, good, good, good restaurants because they're charging all this money and and all this stuff. Who will protect the middleman? (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, well, this this is no you've heard of farm to table. Of course, this is sort of this is tube. This is tube tuna. (laughs) To your mouth. Um, 
And essentially, Hose Tunic connects restaurants to you by a big long tube. <laughs> um, so there's obviously like a range, there's a distance, but like, you know, we port, we put electricity and internet through cables that we run all the way, you know, water, sewage, gas. We run these pipes all over the place, you know? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't we also have a pipe infrastructure that sends tuna right to your house and to your mouth? You know, you ever <laughs> yeah. think about that? Uh, so that's what, that's the project that's being undertaken. This is like a small, um, pilot program happening. Now, does it hook up right to the back of your fridge? No, no, <laughs> no. It comes in to your house through the top, uh, like one of those waterfall showers. Uh, and you have to stand under it in the, in the, you know, the, in the, sure, tuna, you, in eat, the drop you eat zone. your tuna like somebody in a, in a cash tank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it doesn't come up from the bottom, but, but yeah, no, oh, it, it sort I of. See. No, it funnels in from the top and you have to stand below it and sort of catch it unless you're super tall. Then you can kind of just like hamster, you know, like hamster <laughs> ball. Um, but yeah, so so it comes in. The tube is um, not refrigerated, but it's pretty cold because it's usually outside in the elements in in, you know, in the summer. I don't. Well, we're, you know, again, the pilot program, we're going to kind of figure out what it's like if you have yeah. blockages uh, from the <sighs> restaurant to your house. Uh, oh. But right now, it's a very exciting prospect of just like, all you got to do is, well, honestly, you don't even have to order because, you know, tuna is just going to come out <laughs> from this hose. Through it's a pressurized hose. Yeah. Through, throughout the day, it will sort of slop down. Uh, and, you know, if you happen to be underneath, uh, when the when the red buzzer goes off, <laughs> indicating incoming tuna, uh, then, you know bottoms up now i'm not trying to get five steps ahead i'm very excited about the the tube tuna uh -huh. um the hose tuna but have they considered trying other types of food through the through the hose well again this is a pilot program and so it's the pretty first... hard to that's that's bad for branding andy yeah the most logical first step is tuna um and because if they can make tuna work and then kind of make anything work mm-hmm you know, it's really the sort of a cipher for food. I mean, it really is sort of the 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 perfect. I mean, it's the perfect food. Let's be real. And it's the perfect food for a host. It's the perfect medium. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the plan. Well, well, I can't wait to so retrofit my bathroom. <laughs> well, you could have it in your bathroom if you're a sicko. <laughs> I thought you're the one who said it came out like a water, like a waterfall shower. <laughs> yeah, I assumed but it's that it not. Yeah, a... but in the middle of your kitchen, not in your bathroom. <laughs> I, you're right. That's my, that was my my inference, and I apologize. I assume there need to be some sort of tub receptacle. No, 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 no. There's nothing. I mean, you could get a drain installed on the floor if you want. But it just comes. It just it just lands lands on the kitchen counter. No, I mean, it, it, it will plop. I mean, it will go into your mouth if you're under it. Otherwise, it'll hit the floor. <laughs> like, it'll land on the carpet if, if you're not below it. And But right. that's wasted food. So, you know. So always be below it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the red the red signal light will flash when there's incoming tuna. And then you stand under it and you get it. <laughs> I can't uh. be more clear.
Hey, welcome back. It's Batman Beyond. We're doing the call part two. I bet you couldn't have guessed. It's season three, episode eight. And this is the best summary you're ever going to get. The identity of the traitor is revealed, which sets the stage for a confrontation. Now, you had to rewrite that. I didn't rewrite this. You had to find a new summary, right? Because the other one sucked ass. The other one sucked major ass. And this was the better one I found from IMDb. And it has no actual details in it. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to handle that ourselves. We've learned it's Superman. We learned that at the end of the previous episode. And we open on this one with Terry, uh, having, oh, you know what? We did a, we did a bad job. I just realized we missed an incredibly important bit from the end of the last episode. Here, we'll talk about it right now. Yeah, let's talk about it. Bruce, when they realize it's Batman. at the end of that one? I was thinking it was at the beginning of this one. Yeah, it's at the end of that one. Bruce is like. Okay, well, we I know what we have to do, and and actually, what a re- what is a really cool moment. All of his like his usual like suit displays that have all of the various suits of him and his his bat family uh, separate, revealing a door. And as they do, it's like a fuck ton of like dust and cobwebs, which is a fun way to signal to us that he has not been in here for a very long time. Uh, and I really appreciated that because this is where he keeps his secret kryptonite. So this cool stuff. I was I was. I was hoping for uh, a slightly more futuristic uh, interpretation, like some sort of power fist or something. I thought that, too. I was thinking, does he have a cool suit? Are we getting a cool suit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there, there are moments I liked that I think were just sort of for visuals and not actually meant to be read as literally as I was about to. Um, but where he keeps his kryptonite, um, he goes to this sort of gauntlet of green light. And I thought it was would be really cool if he sort of keeps his kryptonite in kryptonite to sort of really keep Superman out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's kryptonite all the way down. <laughs> yes. And I keep that kryptonite I, in kryptonite. Because you, you, sh- you kind of should. Have yeah. multiple layers of security uh, with kryptonite. Well, uh, yeah. I just love the fact that Bruce ha- definitely has like a single dedicated button to superman's gone evil uh, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like oh i can finally press and he mentions this again. it he's like he's not the first time he's gone rogue yeah yeah well i mean yeah. that is that is so demonstrably batman as we've seen over the years he has i mean that was one of the plots of i don't i don't remember where it is what comic what movie what whatever I think, was, but it, like, was it not called tower of babel the one where he goes after everybody Maybe. Yeah, it's the one. But, he, you know, it's the it's the part All where we learn that he has contingency plans, plans for every hero yeah. having gone yeah. bad. <laughs> I th- yeah. think that's the title, but uh, we'd have to double check. I will double check in real time. Perceived betrayal of the Superman community by keeping and concealing hidden records uh, concerning the strengths and weaknesses of his jail uh, of his allies in the JLA. Yeah. Nice. Rory, I hereby just bestow upon Points, you. baby. The points. You may have some points. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it it fits with this character. I love it. And it's I totally love that he's still And got we're it. doing a sort of reinterpretation of that in this, kind of, in that, yeah. in that, in that Terry is investigating the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is not well received by the Justice League uh, for good reason. They do not want to believe that Kal-El is is evil and I think Barda it's Barda that says what reason would Superman have to kill Warhawk it's easier for me to believe you fabricated this oh that's the other reason I got such Wonder Woman vibes off her in this because she's constantly calling him Cal yeah she does sure well 
I I I think it makes sense that they are apprehensive, especially if you've seen yeah, totally. Well, if you've seen one whole episode of Invincible, as in the first whole episode <laughs> of Invincible, yes, um, and how that ends, and I won't I won't get into it, but uh, you know, uh, a, a powerful being can really fucking kill everybody <laughs> if they want yeah. to, yeah, uh, and, and that's scary as hell. And they know him to be a good person and that he's proved it for decades. And so it's and like... And Warhawk dies in a way that does not cast Terry in great light. You yeah, know, he's the only right. one who saw it and the only one who witnesses the supposed message that Warhawk supposedly got. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But thankfully, and maybe frustratingly from a story perspective, like if this had been a movie and we'd had longer to sit in this kind of vibe, I would have enjoyed it. But Warhawk just kind of comes in and is like, JK, y'all, I'm not dead. And uh, apparently he's not dead because he was operating his armor remotely uh, because he was himself suspicious of that call and just wanted to see what would happen. Which is a definite sort of retcon to what was animated. We saw the man in the armor. I'm pretty, yeah, yeah I'm almost positive uh, there's no real way around what we just saw. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, given that we see the sort of like Superman bots later, like, okay. And, and, you know, it's also a superhero story in which these sort of things do happen. I believed it, but I was like, it would have been cooler to see him armor up before the missile so that at that time that there there could be room for doubt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As it is, I mean, I guess it explains why the the helmet that collides with the bat plane doesn't have, have a, head, a in head in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not is not covered in blood, but you know, you just sort of think that that's just cartoon censorship, right? Yeah. The thing that we we learn immediately is that uh Warhawk is like, okay, here here's me, I'm alive. Obviously, this lends credence to the Superman the- theory, and let's go fucking confront him about it. Let's go it. talk to him. Yeah, right now, without making any plan. Right, uh, exactly. Let's go, let's go talk idea. to him nicely and see if he'll be chill. Uh, and he, you know, immediately starts attacking. And this is, I think this is, <laughs> I don't know, it's silly. It's funny in the moment, but Terry, I mean, this is season three of a, of, of a Batman show. I feel like he's had time to become cool, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, he's a little T- bit of he's a little bit of pissant in the scene. Well, so Terry gets out his magic capsule that has the the kryptonite in it, and immediately like trips and loses <laughs> it in a vent. It, it just like <laughs> oh, he just Mister Beans immediately after. Like this is the whole thing we're building up to, and like fighting Superman, and he just like basically trips and farts and loses and his funny, thing in the it's, gutter. It's almost. There, there's there's part of it that feels like I don't I, I can't say unscripted because it's clearly scripted and clearly animated, but like it feels like they try to redeem him in the scene where he with his bare hands rips the grate off and it's like yeah, see he's so cool, he's <laughs> <Terry's> so cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not really it's not really a cool I know moment. I, I agree. Yeah, but it, it felt like an odd like badass moment for such a silly scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, anyway, it's strange. Like he 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 eventually finds it, but he doesn't get to use it just yet, right? Because well, he has trying to remember it's... Micron comes back from the tank and helps out for a minute. Before being like, I'm tired again. Good night. Good night. Uh we we didn't we didn't mention it. The the reason I mean when he breaks out and starts fighting them, it's oh, because yeah. Aqua Girl has like 
tried to be like, come on, Superman, like let us help you. And like she touches his chest and from under her hand on his chest erupts a horrible eyeball through his like suit. Like we'd seen ugh. just a little bit before a little growth sort of squirm around inside his suit, it's which was so a lot gnarly. more affecting. That was really spooky. The sort of starmy monster is not at all scary once it's sort of revealed. Yeah, I like the first one that we get here with the with the under the shirt. It's gross. Yeah, uh, it's but, you know, that's that's obviously like worrisome. They're like, OK, it's clearly not Superman. He's being possessed by some nas- nasty monster, uh, which, you know, gives everyone a bit of a clarity of purpose. And in this in this sequence, it's it's again resolved kind of quickly for my taste. Like maybe this yeah. was meant to be a movie, but then they got the forty minutes of two two episodes to spend, and so we're kind of speeding through some of these. But they did a good job, I think, clipping through nonsense and giving the dialogue places to breathe. Like I agree, yeah. I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying, but uh, once we get into cartoon nonsense, it's to me kind of okay to abridge it for the sake of a full narrative for like a real. Yeah, what could have been a 90-minute story. Yeah. Yeah. The part where I feel like the absence of a scene most acutely, I guess, is here. Where... Oh, yeah, there's definitely a scene that's cut out where Terry's like, I know how to get there. <laughs> yes. And they're like, hey, I bet he's hiding in the Fortress of Solitude, but none of us know where that is. And yeah, Terry's like, well, I think I know somebody who knows where it is. And then we cut... And- and they're coming through a portal in the Fortress of Solitude. And I feel like we really missed out on a fun, like, the Justice League meets old Bruce. Uh-huh. Yeah. Scene where, totally. like, they go over and they get him to, like... I didn't remember Bruce having a portal to the Justice League. I assumed it was some other friend. So the portal is because of Barda's mother box. Yeah. She's got a mother box and it creates a boom tube. And if you want me to explain Jack Kirby's nonsense world building to you, I will not. But That's it for is... your other podcast. because i can't i can't explain it i don't know anything about it but it's you know she's like from apocalypse and it's all nonsense you know magic boxes but she's got a magic portal box so since bruce knows where it is the portal box can take them there right exactly okay so so i feel like we missed a scene there where they either have to convince bruce to tell him i mean i'm sure they wouldn't have to convince him but you know just some sort of fun interaction with the team and bruce and then finding out and then they get to go there uh, and maybe even Bruce wanting to go so that he can like make an like an uh you know see his friend or like who knows like I'm I'm not really a proponent of getting old man Bruce out into the field but something else there could have could have happened. You mean I can Fritz. finally kill Superman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Terry, give me the kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love doing. this. I need to see if this plan works. <laughs> but no, we we have we have some uh, some some exposition to to walk our way through really quickly uh in in very quick succession we not only confront superman at the fortress but also learn that he's got a spooky alien zoo and then learn the reason for the zoo Uh, yeah because at one point there was sort of a collector type character who was grabbing all the last of its kind uh uh similar if you're a marvel fan it'll sound similar um and then he collected superman and that was a mistake and then Superman kind of wrecks <laughs> shit on his, you know, luxury zoo yacht or whatever in space and then winds up with all of these like endangered species. Is like, well, I'm not going to just like leave them here. Uh, so right. I guess you're coming home with me uh, to live at my new zoo that I'm building uh, <laughs> because I feel like I don't have a choice. And so, I want to point out 
that is an episode of Superman the Animated Series called The Main Man. Oh, really? Oh, that's fun. So they are are directly referencing uh, a Superman episode with this. That's awesome. Well, it just, it turns out one of those alien creatures was Starro the Conqueror, um, or at least a Starro. I'm not sure. There's not like a a main Starro like we've seen in other comics or in in yeah. the suicide squad. or in the suicide squad yeah. oh, i love the giant the, fucking nasty star big in the kaiju star yeah <laughs> um and uh and so eventually it it you know alien uh gets on him and uh it's the movie alien not just a thing that he is um <laughs> right <laughs> and and uh, not just a verb the thing that he is yeah um and then apparently we find out that he's been controlling Superman for years. That's so spooky. That's spooky as hell. Yeah. Uh, and obviously and, not since the that Superman animated series episode. But like, because when we see it in the flashback, he's already wearing the the like future black suit. But the idea that Superman has not been Superman for several years is is pretty. I don't know. It's interesting. It's Again, it's, yeah. yeah. Those sorts of concepts that. Would be interesting to explore, but uh, but at the very le- or or at least see people res- like respond to more like, oh, my God, you mean even when I like we had all the like, wh- what about when he came to my my like wedding? Like, what about whatever? That was that wasn't Superman, <laughs> you know, like having some of those realizations could have been cool if we'd had the time. Right. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, and like um, that's also because Marvel does that, too, with the scrolls. Right. Well, they'll do a reveal yeah. that like, oh, they've been a scroll the whole time. And then, but then Starro is even creepier because it has that kind of zombie outbreak kind of flavor that totally. adds to it. You know, like there's no, there's no like virality with the scrolls. You know, there's no, there's no concern about them breeding and creating it. You know, uh, I am concerned they do, about them breeding. Well, mm, I mean, <laughs> and I'm very yourself. concerned about when they'll be breeding with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. I'm going to tell Wendy. Um, <laughs> So then they stumble across. I mean, they fight. They fight his his Robo Superman droids, and I, they fight Superman himself. And Terry knocks him out with a little little bit of that kryptonite. Finally, yes. And that's when they discover the like breeding pool. Yeah, there's way too many of these fuckers. Uh, yeah. The the rest of this episode becomes about trying to stop the possessed Starro people from releasing the untold numbers of Staros out into the ocean so that they can take over the world. Right. And now um, that the threat is realized, there's about eight minutes left in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a, with a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting, a lot of craziness. Oh, we saved you. Oh, Which man. I oh, think shit. kind of works again. We're only because mm-hmm. like once he's been found out, like I agree with everything about, you know, him being Superman for years, you know, is, is spooky. Uh, but once his plan is caught, he's kind of, I mean, he can't, he can't talk and all his only plan is just to release his, his yeah. babies on the world. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't need that much time. I don't think. Sure. Sure. Uh, Starro, Starro can be about as complicated or uncomplicated as you want. <laughs> yeah. Is the thing. Uh, so I really like the visual of Superman possessed flying because he doesn't do the normal like horizontal to the ground flying. Oh, he does like he's like he's standing straight up like a person, but just moving forward. In like the air. Uh, Magneto in, in the. Uh, yeah, the, he moves yeah. like Magneto. The early trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the, the moment I want to talk about is immediately after these breeding pools are discovered, the entire Justice League just immediately like chumps get immediately t- possessed. Yeah. 
Like immediately yep. these stars just latch on except Batman. And I, I just, I just didn't buy it. I really wanted to see it, them fight. I know. I it's, really it's wanted to dumb. see them, you know. I liked, I liked though that the freed Superman gets to have a chance at a little bit of redemption fighting mm-hmm. these guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That yes. he wasn't the ultimate boss. Uh huh. Totally. Right. Like he easily could have been. It is a little silly. You know, it's like that. It's like yelling at the scientists in an alien movie. Like, don't poke the egg. What are you fucking doing? Like all these people having just seen the strongest hero on the planet got taken down by one of these little starfish. And then they're all like, I bet it's fine to just walk into the breeding pools and not really pay attention. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking stupid. It's stupid as shit. It's (laughs) Especially Aqua Girl had no excuse because she got like a firsthand view of communicating with the creature. Yeah. And like it was, it was to facilitate a set piece. It had to fight happen. The Justice yeah, it, it had it, to happen. It had to happen and but, they didn't have any time yes, left to, to do a cool it, it, fight. It was goofy. I, no no arguments from Camp Rory. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely but goofy. I do love the way that Starro possesses people normally. And this is where the star, the sort of five points of the starfish go on the face, one on the top of the head and two around the side and then leaving the mouth open and the single eye. Uh, yeah. With this. Uh, like so cool looking. Because they have like a sh- like a hive mind. Um, and it's just it's it's cool. It's always cool when they do it. It's cool in the Suicide Squad. It's cool in this. It's nice mm-hmm. that they keep that imagery because uh, it's very fun. And it's like the reason you do star out is so you can see a bunch of people with these like star faces. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I like the sequence. Uh, Aqua girl ends up like the final person left parasited and she's down underwater trying to open the valve or whatever. And Terry just dives in right after her again, fueling my ship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, that's like crazy he dives into the pool with all the starfish. Though I guess he's got some like localized electric shock shit that can stun yeah, him but away from him. There's some good moments before that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so for one, yeah, he dies right in and immediately is swarmed by Staros and they <laughs> wear him like a you know, like a cheap suit. Uh, Superman and uh what's her name? Berta start collapsing shit on top of him. And she's like, What are we doing? We're gonna this guy just went in to save Aqua Girl and, and Superman's like, Well, I don't know, man. Like he signed up for the gig. He yeah. didn't know that I was a Starro, but he signed <laughs> up for the gig. And yeah. this is a like we've got to stop these guys. We need and, yeah. we need a name for possessed Clark. Like what about Clarko? <laughs> Clarko. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like I like that. It's almost like he's saying if he was a real Justice Leaguer, he'd get out alive. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of vibe. Like Oh, uh, yes, but he also said like you know, this this is where some people this is where some people might die. Yeah, this is heroing. This is what it is. I have to stop the Staros from getting out, and he wanted to save Aqua Girl. And if we can both do it, that's fine. But there's a risk, and he might die. Now, and I'm not going to stop. Luckily, trying. Terry had, does have a shock suit, which uh, mm-hmm. has no no uh, deeper ramifications for firing in water than just <laughs> oh. Getting, uh, getting the stars off his body. I, I think we jumped ahead. I got a little confused with the, the, the timing of this. So this is, this is the very end when this, when they're no longer possessed, when this happens, the, yeah, the, just before it, the whole time Superman is not, isn't Superman well, and well, Terry are, but there's are a, mo- well, there's a hand. time where he's still possessed, but Terry leaves in his ship and he leaves the like breeding pool. You know, he's like flying yes. away 
and he yeah. gets a call. He goes on the on the phone with Bruce, and they talk about the military. They're talking yeah, about that's like right. all I can do is have Barbara contact the military, but they'll bomb the place. That's their job. Which which feels <laughs> a little yeah. grim, and I love <laughs> grim. Um, but also again, kind of I think informing uh, a role the Justice League serves as sort of like surgical precision. Yeah, totally. Uh, in a way that I that I enjoyed. That was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? We, we're not going to send troops to <laughs> troops into this. Like, yeah. yeah what are they going to? That's do? the whole point of the Justice League is yep. that they. Yeah. And now, if they've failed, all we've got is a shitload of bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love that. And and then there's a there's another another comment where Terry is knows that a possessed Clarko uh, is following him, and he's just in his in the Batwing, and he's like, what's the top speed on this thing? Mach 3. Is that faster than a speeding bullet? <laughs> Which <laughs> oh. is such a good line. Yeah. Under this moment, they're playing the most corny, evil version of the Superman theme. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's amazing. I have to drop a clip. It's like the Superman theme, but they've got like weird little dissonant notes thrown in. Kind of corny, but I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And then he like tears the Batwing apart because it's fucking Ugh. Superman. And then he's able to launch a like grapple cable at his Starro starfish and electrify it, which finally then it does this moment where it flashes to like a visual representation of all of the like mind tentacles that are that are inside like attached to Clark. Right. Yep. Like it's, and I, and I like that they do this because it shows that it's not just the physical contact of like hitting the star that separates it because it, it, the electricity like severs these sort of internal connections and then Clark himself tears it off of himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool, I like, uh, yeah, I agree. I like how it's done. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, now let's go, you know, Let's go kick some ass and, and and tear this shit up. Yeah. And they do. I mean, of course they do. Batman saves Aqua Girl. Uh, and they don't kiss. And I'm sad. And uh, <laughs> and then I guess they go around gathering all the Starros in, in, in like a, a giant cup made from the Green Lantern energy. And they use Barda's mother box to make a portal back to the the like home planet that Aqua Girl sees when she like mentally communes with the Starros, so she like gets an image of what their home planet looks like, and then they use the mother box and they teleport them home. Yeah, because they look at all these like terrible parasitic starfish, and like should we, uh, you know, kill them? We would kill all <laughs> of them. Like, we should. Oh, guys, no, we shouldn't do that. I mean, we should. They should. Should they should. Die. They should have done that. Yeah. That that that's yep. They should have done it. <laughs> uh and we just got to drop the end moment uh they uh they ask him to join again and And he batmans on him (laughs) he batmans him he batmans him hardcore a lot like bruce i'm not a joiner well kid i gotta admit i was wrong about you an understatement you saved the world think you can get used to it you're saying you want me with you full time we could really use you i don't know you guys play awfully rough. Come on. It'll put you one up on the old Batman. He never made it past part-timer. Yeah. 
He wasn't what you'd call a joiner. Maybe he and I have something in common after all. And they they do one of those little like knowing nods, uh, <laughs> or like more than you think, son. More than you think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, that was fun. Let's go to a wrap up. Uh, well, okay. Things have progressed, unfortunately. And the mushroom gendarmes at least have Rory in custody. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're not out of the woods because the investigator sort of wants to talk to us as well. Well, and I got I assume... my green card. And uh, I, I just found out that coins in this world are super big. And there's a <laughs> lot of gold on them. And... I think we're going to be filthy rich uh, as you soon as I can find a way home. way out of turtle crime. <laughs> <laughs> the things you've done. Is that what a green <laughs> card? Not... Green like a turtle? Um, yeah. <laughs> green. Okay. Uh, you guys, we watched three weeks of Batman Beyond. We did. Yes. We, we did that. How do we feel? Great, man. This was yeah. a good three weeks. It was good. I mean, we, you know, we can't live in this place forever. This show. No, but I thought I thought two would sort of sate me, and three was fine. Yep. Uh, there is not a fourth season for us to to dip our toes into, but <laughs> no. Um, you know, I I don't feel that we plumbed all the material this show could have given us. I'm happy to get out while the getting's good, as is our want. Yes. Um, but you know, there's more meat on the bones. There is. I invite everyone listening, if you've never watched Batman Beyond, to go experience it. It holds up pretty well. I think it's definitely easy entertainment to have on while you're cooking. It's that kind of thing. Uh, and and for anybody who didn't didn't realize that, as we mentioned last week, that the actual finale of Batman Beyond happened in Justice League Unlimited, you should go watch that. It's an interesting. Andy, are you are you pretending to our entire audience you cook food? <laughs> Not lately, but I do. I have. I, I have. have cooked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can put it on the TV while you're, uh, you know, while your oven pizzas in, in the in the oven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> while your oven pizzas. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, HBO Max basically has like 15 years of of serialized. DC content, basically, yeah. like of some of the best animation. Do they have Static Shock? I haven't even looked. I don't know. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. I would like to rewatch Static Shock. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. So there's like a whole, there's a whole animated cinematic universe here of of like connected cartoons that are incredible. Uh, and I, I, I do, I do appreciate, and I know we touched on this early when we talked about this, but that that sort of bitter irony of the executives wanting to make a show more for the kiddies by making a teen, a cool teen Batman and Mm -hmm. wound up making something a little darker and a little more like adult than they'd ever done before. I think, I think, I don't know that this is a thing that they learned uh, uh, explicitly, but I think implicitly it's it's clear. Um, A child having to be Batman is more mature (laughs) Than a grow, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, yep. sure, yep. a grown up, yeah. a, especially like a rich grown up who can come and go as he pleases. Like, <laughs> that's that's childish. Yes. a person with no fucking choice. That's child abuse. 
<laughs> yeah, like t- the Terry's story is a more mature story of like yeah. being thrust into this role. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if you make an eight-year-old Superman, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could go to some dark places. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we did this. I had a lot of fun. You can count on whatever we do next being <laughs> completely devoid of <laughs> redeeming oh. qualities. Oh, it's going to be trash. And it might have cars, <laughs> and it might have monsters, and it might be partly live action. That's my little <laughs> little preview for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's not car. There's no cars. <laughs> That's true. There's not cars. Well, just we'll leave we'll leave you dangling with those hints. <laughs> <laughs> if you can guess, please find our social medias and and and. <laughs> Enter a sweepstakes contest to see if you can guess which show we're talking about. Uh, But until then... The sweepstakes is uh, a giant scam because we desperately need to fund our legal fees. (laughs) So, people warned. Here's hoping we see you next Tuesday. (laughs) 